truth. So we thank God for you for being with us. Also, we want to thank God for all of you in the house tonight. Amen. Amen. I see a lot of new faces. Praise God. Um, and so we just thank God for you for being here. Um, we just want to just continue to worship the Lord. This is what we do here. We worship the Lord. Amen. Uh, no big eyes, no little U's, but at the foot of the cross, it is a level. So we want to thank God for you. Um, a couple more announcements. We want to encourage you to, for those that want to participate um, in our communion service on next week, um, it'll be held at the North Side Seventh-day Adventist Church, but you're also, if you're not a member of um, Tabernacle of Praise and you're a member of one of our sister churches in the area, um, Agape or a Lighthouse or Grand Avenue, you can see your pastor and he will be able to get you um, your communion items so that you can be a part of our uh, communion service on next Sabbath. It will be virtual as well as in-house. And so we'll be at Northside at four o'clock. Amen. But we'll spend that time together. Um, also on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, the 24th, um, we're celebrating being thankful. Um, we'll be here in the, in the worship space, but we'll have a wonderful service prepared for you. If you want to just come on out, I know some of us, we have family coming in town. So if you just want to come on out and worship the day before you feast, amen, uh, please come and get some manna. And then you can go home and partake of fried chick. Come on, somebody. Uh, <laughs> amen. Uh, and, and so on Wednesday at 7 o'clock, um, we will be here in the worship space. Also, we will be online on the Slam, as well as our Tabernacle of Praise Facebook, as well as YouTube page. But you can also chime in. Um, on the SLAM um, Facebook page. Um, SLAM stands for uh, our um, area ministers, amen. St. Louis area ministers, SLAM. And so we'll be having our service on next week, on this coming Wednesday. Again, we want to thank God for you. Um, let's just bow our heads for opening prayer, and then we'll go right into our opening song. Let us pray. Loving Lord, our Father and our God, we are so thankful again for allowing us to gather tonight. Um, we thank you for watching over us and caring for us and keeping us in the midst of all that is going on. Thanking you for bringing us to this leg of the race. Um, we know the race is given, amen, to those that hang on to you, oh God. Um, and so we give you praise, we give you honor, we give you glory, and we give you honor. Thank you for being here with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 633. 633 is where we'll be where we will find our opening song when we all get to heaven page 633 come on family sing the wondrous love of jesus sing his mercy and his grace in the match and pride and blessed He'll prepare for us a place. Come on, family. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory while we walk the pilgrim's pathway. Clouds will over, spread the sky. But when traveling days are over, days are over, not a shadow, not a sign. Well, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing there will be. Will you be rejoicing when we all see? Us, we'll sing and shout the victory. Come on, let us then be true and faithful. Let us then be true and faithful, trusting, serving every day. Just one glimpse of Him in glory. The toys of a life repay. Well, come on. Well, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all 
victory. Come on, last verse. Come on, family. Onward to the prize before us. Soon his beauty will behold. Soon the pearly gates will open. We shall tread the streets of gold. Come on, family. Well, when we are get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Can we say that again? When we all, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing there will be when we all see Jesus we'll sing and shout the victory amen yes sir I don't know about you but that song gets me excited to think about being with Jesus in heaven when we all get to heaven uh, what a day of rejoicing that will be uh, you may not feel like you can rejoice down here right now but there's going to come a time where you're going to you're going to be in the presence of the most high rejoicing amen in the presence of an awesome God listen uh, we want to go ahead and go into our prayer time uh, we believe that God is still a very present help in a time of storm uh, one of my favorite, favorite uh, uh, verses in the Bible was found in uh, John chapter 14, uh, where Jesus gives the disciples uh, these words of encouragement, knowing that uh, he was about to depart and, and knowing that his time, although it was three and a half years, uh, but sometime a person can have a profound effect on your life in just a couple of months or a couple of days. But three and a half years, Jesus was with these young men, and, and, and he knew he was about to leave. And so he left them with these words. He simply said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. I love it. I love it. He said, if it were not so, I wouldn't even have told you none of this stuff. I'm not a God that I should lie to you. So, 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 so if I say don't let your heart be troubled, brothers and sisters, don't let it. Because we serve a God who was able to do all things but fail. A God that understands us better than we understand ourselves. And that's a beautiful thing to know that there is somebody that knows you better than you. Because sometimes we've made decisions that weren't the best. Sometimes we've done stuff that wasn't right. God said, I know the plans that I have for you, plans for you to, to be prosperous, plans for you to be in good health, plans for you to be joyful. So as we gather, let us look to the Lord in prayer. Let's remember this revival. Let's remember those that are battling with health challenges, uh, are sick and shut in. Uh, let us pray. Loving Lord, our God, our Savior and our King, ruler and master of everything. We give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory. Thank you for a beautiful Sabbath. <laughs> Thank you for touching down on earth here with us and letting us know that you still have it under control, that your laws are still in effect and they're still vibrant. We thank you, God. So as we gather, cleanse us. Forgive us, oh God. Help us to reflect you in everything we say and everything that we do for it is our desire to be a people prepared to receive you when you come so cover us keep us hold us we ask that you would be with those that are battling with health challenges and those that are dealing with sickness and we ask that you would just touch them right now let them know that you still hold the keys that you still have all the answers and that you are still in the healing business we ask that you will stop by here tonight this space and do something miraculous, do something special, do something different. Uh, take us to that next level. Take us to that next place. 
people. Our hearts are burning right now. We're here, God, because we want to hear a word from you. So we thank you tonight. Thank you for our family and our friends that are online. I thank you for them. Uh, I give you praise for them. You know what they need. You know what's going on in their homes right now. I ask that you will bring about a peace that passes all understanding. And at the end of the day, oh God, the world will know that you are the risen Savior. So we thank you, we bless you, and we give you all praise. In Jesus' name, let the people of God say amen and amen. Amen. The blood, the blood that washes all of our sins away. Come on, everybody. The blood that Jesus shed. tonight as we look at our final topic tonight um, as we made our way through the sanctuary um, as God has revealed to us some things inside of his sanctuary we understand and know that first and foremost that everything in the sanctuary is a direct uh, has direct contact with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and so tonight we want to go on a little bit deeper and to the sanctuary as we look at the two goats. Amen. 
get my clicker here to click, click. There we go. I think it went to sleep on me. Um, you barely see it up there, but the, the two goats um, that we want to look at tonight, um, we did a walkthrough um, the Ark of the Covenant. We know this is the last um, room um, in the sanctuary. And we're going to go a little bit deeper in that as we talk more about the two goats. Let us pray. Father, again, we thank you uh, once again for allowing us to gather tonight. Um, thank you so much for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do. Forgive us again of our sins. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, we see here the Ark of the Covenant. Um, God has given us um, the, 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 um, the sanctuary or the tabernacle um, because God has have always wanted to have direct contact um, with his people. Um, I want to make it clear that there has never been a time where God did not want to have a relationship with his creation. And because man had drifted so far away from the banks, so far away from the Christian shore, if you will, um, that God said, listen, let me go down here. Let me have them make a sanctuary that I might dwell um, with them. And inside this sanctuary, we understand and know that there was the um, altar of sacrifice in the courtyard. We talked about that where Jesus did his ministry in the courtyard, which represents where we um, our forgiveness is, is taking place. This is justification is taking place um, in the courtyard. Also in the courtyard, we understand that there is a labor um, where there is some cleansing that takes place. See, when we come to Christ, um, there's this thing called baptism where we are clean, where we are washed if you will. Uh, and, and then we move inside um, of the sanctuary where we come into contact with three different pieces of furniture. Uh, one of those furnitures that we come in contact with is called the table of showbread. Um, and is at that table where Jesus declares that I am the bread of life. It is at that table uh, where we receive the word, amen, nourishment from that table. And then there across from that table, um, we have these seven candlesticks on this candlestand or this, uh, uh, the seven candlestands where, where Jesus now declares uh, that I am the light of the world. Um, and it is at that place right there where you and I receive light and direction. And, and, and it's at that place right now where uh, we have the Holy Spirit that speaks to us. And then we move from the candlesticks, and we talked about this as well, to the altar of prayer. Amen. This is the place where Jesus is praying, where, where you and I are encouraged to pray, to make our petitions known to God. It is at this table, the table of incense, uh, where the prayers go up. And then we move into this third compartment, because the apartment where the candlestick and, the, and, and this uh, uh, compartment uh, uh, where the, um, uh, uh, the showbread and the incense reside, this is what we call the holy place. And so you have your courtyard, you have your holy place, and then we move on deeper into the most holy place. Now this is a very special place. This place right here is where victory takes place. It is in this place right here where judgment takes place. And inside of this holy place, we find this one piece of article uh, 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 of this furniture called the Ark of the Covenant. And inside the Ark of the Covenant, there are three pieces of items that are laid in there. Amen. Three pieces of furniture that is inside of this here article, uh, uh, which is uh, Aaron's rod. Uh, uh, we have manna and we have the commandments. And we talked about those on Wednesday night and on Thursday night and on last night we dealt with the commandment. And this morning, amen, we talked about the law even further. But I would like to go on uh, to talk about these two goats uh, uh, as we read in the word of God. I wish my clicker was obedient. I wish my clicker was obedient. Amen. There we go. I guess he wants me to get up to and touching. Amen. But, 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 but as we look at the goat, amen, uh, as we look at what happens in the sanctuary uh, uh, as it relates to the goat, I want to look at it in my studies. In my studies, I found the best approach because there are at least, uh, at least two views that I know of. 
Uh, one view speaks of the goat as being Jesus. I don't know if you ever heard that or not. Uh, uh, but then there is another view that speaks of the goat that, 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 uh, to be Satan. And so I want to look at this from the standpoint of Jesus on the cross. Amen. Uh, 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 in the, because in the book of Leviticus, it pretty lay, it, it, it lays it all out for us. It pretty much shares with us the mandate and the breakdown of what Aaron was supposed to do. And so here, this scapegoat is mentioned in Leviticus chapter sixteen as part of God's instructions to the Israelites Israelites regarding the Day of Atonement. I want you to follow me closely now because it is on this day that the high priest would first offer a specific sacrifice for his sins and then those of his household. And then he would perform sacrifices for the nation. So the first thing this priest would do, um, he would first of all do, um, sacrifice a bull for himself before he even go into the sacrificing of the of the of the um, goat, and so it is on this day that the high priest will perform these ministries. And from the Israelites' community, the high priest was instructed to take two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. And the priest brought the animal before the Lord, and he would cast lots between the two goats. One for to be a sacrifice and the other was to be a scapegoat. So God is letting Aaron know that these things, I need you to, I, I, I need to lay these out before you uh, because these things are representative of something greater. And so as we move forward, we understand uh, 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 that one is offered for a sin sacrifice uh, uh, for, 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 the scape, for, for the Lord, and the other one is to be a scapegoat. The first goat was slaughtered for sins of the people, and its blood was used to cleanse the most holy place and the tent of meeting and the altar. And after cleaning... The live goat was brought to the high priest, laying his hands on the scapegoat. The high priest was to confess over it all the wickedness and all of the rebellion of the Israelites and, and all of their sins. And he will put them on the goat's head. And then he will set him free. He shall send the goat out. A way into the wilderness in the care of someone appointed for the task. And the goat will carry on itself all of their sins to a remote place and the man shall release it in the wilderness. Symbolically, the scapegoat took on the sins of the Israelites and removed them for Christians, you and I, it is for the foreshadowing of Christ. Well, that's another view out there. But then you have another view, a view that is found in the great controversy. Now, I apologize uh, uh, that, I was, uh, that, that I wasn't able to get that slide in when I realized that I didn't put that slide in here. It was too late. But in the great controversy, we read uh, 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 of, uh, of, the, of, of the sanctuary, under the chapter, the sanctuary, we read where, where, where the scapegoat was a symbol of Satan. And I was just really blown away that you would have so many different views out there. But then I'm reminded that I do live on planet Earth. <laughs> and and, and there, is, there is a view for everything. Everybody have a point of reference everybody have a view so I thought that I would best be able to deal with this from the context of Jesus on the cross and so Christ is the complete atonement for our sins in many ways, he embodied each aspect of the day of atonement. And we're told that he is our great high priest in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. 
which simply says, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. He is also the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. All who dwells on the earth will worship him whose name have not been written in the book of life of this lamb slain from the foundation of the world. We see here that Jesus Christ is representative as the lamb that was slain from the foundation. Before all of this began, it was already designed that Jesus would die for your sins. Before sin even entered, God already had a means for our escape. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful that God didn't wait until the last hour, that God wasn't reactive, but he was proactive, that God looked beyond time and saw that we would be in need of a savior. And going a little further, God could have very well thought it all the way down to the end and said, these folk are going to be so messed up. What's the use? What's the point in even creating them? And I thank God because his character of love wouldn't allow him to renege on who he is. I don't think you got that. God's character of love would not allow him to renege on who he is. He is love. He's merciful. He's kind. How else would we know how good God is if we weren't ever in a position to see how good God is? How would we be able to know that God is a forgiving God if we've never found ourselves in a situation where we needed forgiveness? How in the world will I know that God is a healer if I've never found myself on sick beds and, and, and in hospitals. How would I know that God is a provider if I've never been in a situation where I needed providing for? So God looked through the corridors of time and, and he saw that I was going to mess up. He saw it. He witnessed it. He already knew it before I breathed my first breath. But he said, I love you too much not to bring you into existence with all of your flaws, with, with all of your defects with all of your shortcomings but I see something in you that I can't stop loving you for and so God went on and he created us and he made us before the foundation he said I see that these folk gonna be a problem so let me set something up before I even start the work of in motion before I put things in motion let me start right here this is point one this is phase one my son must die Hey, 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 hey. Uh, 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 this is the starting point that my son must die and as the sacrifice for our sins. Uh, he is also our scapegoat according to 2 Corinthians. Come on, somebody. Help me, Lord. It says God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in, in him we might become the righteousness of God. God made him who knew no sin. I hope you're following me as we look at the scapegoat who knew no sin, who was sinless to become sin for you and for me. God made him. To take on these sins that we might become the righteousness of God. You see, our sins were laid on Christ. He bore our sins just as the scapegoat bore the sins of the Israelite. I know, I know, I know that's some, that's some, that, that's some strange fire right there. Oh, I get it. I get it. Uh, 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 you know, you, 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 you read something and you hear something for so long and you, and, and you see it. Uh, uh, but, but then uh, uh, you're introduced. God said, let me take you a little bit higher. But let me explain something to you. Uh, uh, we're not finished there because we're going to go on a little bit higher. Come on, somebody. 
uh, uh, God said, uh, 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 we need to understand that Christ took on the sins of all of Israel, just like he's taken on your sins and he's taken on my sins. He's taken on the sins of the world. And Isaiah uh, 53 puts it like this. He simply reminds us that all we like sheep have gone astray. All of us, Christ's acceptance of the sin burden. We are all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's what God did to Jesus Christ. Are you following me? But I like it. I like it because God goes on. He reminds us that as he has laid those sins on Christ, after the sins were laid on the scapegoat, it was considered unclean and driven into the wilderness. In essence, the goat was cast out. The same happened to Jesus. He was crucified outside of the city. He was despised. He was rejected by men. He poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressions. For he bore the sins of many and made intercessions for transgressions. Isaiah simply reminds us of this. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 12 uh, uh, goes on to tell us that he bore the sins of many and he interceded for the rebels. I love the way, I love the way another version put it. It says, he was numbered with the transgressors. Jesus was numbered with those uh, of, of that, 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 were, that were sinners. He was numbered against those that rebelled against the, the, um, the uh, command of God. He was numbered amongst those that didn't have anything to do with God. I said it earlier. I'll say it again. For those that may not be aware that the, that the commands of God are not just for those in the church. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Just like Jesus didn't die for just those in the church. But the Bible said he died for the sin of the world. Jesus embodied what the scapegoat represented, the removal of sins from the perpetrator. That's what the scapegoat represented. But I'm not through yet. Hey, because if we look at God on the cross, uh, Matthew 27 uh, verse 46 reminds us, as Jesus laid on the cross, he simply cried out, my God, my God, why has you forsaken me? It was the third hour when they crucified Jesus. A day began at six o'clock, so it would have been somewhere around nine o'clock in the morning. They nailed Jesus to the cross, lifted him up, and that was, he said, on the cross, my father, father, he simply cried out, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing uh, uh, the morning war on the Jew, uh, on the jeers uh, from the crowd they continue to offer insults they be, they continue to, to to call him out of his name well, well if you such a god if you're such a good god then why don't you come down jesus if you're the god if you're the creator to just come on down show us your power show us how how you, since you say that you're able to heal you're able to save others but but let me see you save yourself I just, I just, I just trying to wrap my mind around a savior that will come down here on planet earth, uh, that will come down here and lay his life down so that we can have life. Uh, the very one that is taking care of your bills, uh, the very one that is giving you good health, uh, the very one that is taking care of your children, the very one that is keeping your car on 270 as you're going uh, over the speed limit, the very one that is watching over you from danger seen and unseen, but yet we have the ordinary to call him out by name Jesus if you're such a good God then why did you let mama die Jesus if you're such an awesome God then why did you let cancer show up Jesus if you're such a good God then why did you let coronavirus take out my family Jesus Jesus this and Jesus that and Jesus over here but we fail to realize that Jesus is not looking at the now but he's looking at what he's about to do some 
somewhere down the road. Uh, Jesus said, I know you don't understand it right now. I know it's not making sense right now. I know you can't wrap your minds around it right now. But if you just hold on just for a few minutes, uh, if you just give me a second, uh, then I'll make it all clear to you. Because for some reason, somehow or another, it seemed like things are just not adding up for us. Uh, but Jesus said on the cross, uh, Father, forgive them for their minds can't comprehend. Uh, their knowledge is limited. Uh, Father, forgive them uh, for they know not what they're doing. Uh, there is so much greater going on. Uh, there is so much happening right now. Father, don't do it right now. I know you want to take them out. Father, don't, 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 don't do it right now. Father, there is much more work uh, that needs to be done uh, because once I leave here, I'm going to have to go into the holy place. Uh, there is some more ministry that needs to be done. Uh, while it may not be done down here in the presence, uh, but Father, if you just hold on for a minute, I know you want to take them out. I know you want to do away with them. I know you want to deal with them right now. I know, God, uh, that you want to handle your business. Uh, I know, God, but hold on for a minute. Uh, just forgive them just a little while longer. Forgive them, God, for they know not what they are doing. They, they, they don't know. They, they don't know. But, but, but if you give me just a few more minutes, I'm going to help you out. Is that all right? I, I said, is that all right? Uh, I just want to help you out a little bit. Is that all right? Don't do it, Jesus. Don't do it. Father, Father hold on for a minute. Uh, uh, they, they are trapped in their own way of thinking. Uh, they are trapped in their own way of doing things. They are trapped in their own ideologies. They are trapped in history and they are trapped in culture. But Father, just give me a second. Ah, oh, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. And so as the, as the clock continued uh, the, at the noon, after Christ had endured three hours of agony and insult from the hands of, and mouths of men who he had healed, who he had fed, who he had witnessed to and showed all manner of love to. After he'd done these things, something new happened and Christ entered into the heart of his passion. Something transpired there. And so what happened in that darkness? We understand that the sixth hour, which is midday, until the ninth hour, which is three hours, three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. This was not an eclipse. We understand that an eclipse does not last uh, for three hours. Uh, God turned off the light. You see, when Christ was born, there was a light at midnight. Uh, but when he died, uh, God shut it down. He's turned the lights off. Uh, you understand that there was something different going on here. Oh, no, we're not going to have a high noon time. I know you want to go home and party because you think you just killed off Jesus. You think you've done something great. But Jesus shut the lights off up he shut it down he he pulled the plug up he pulled the electricity oh no uh, uh exhale power can't turn it back on uh, oh jesus shut it down you can't celebrate right now because there is something that i need you to understand that my son is now in bearing sins of uh, sins that belong to you uh, sins that belong to me uh, sins that belongs to the world uh, and god is bearing them right now uh, on the cross uh, and i need you to just take note right now I need you to stop in your tracks uh, get your mind wrapped around uh, of what you're witnessing you so caught up and want to dig a uh, uh, disgrace uh, my son you want to get caught up and just trying to prove uh, how right you are and, and how wrong he is uh, but I'm going to shut it down uh, I'm going to turn the lights off because you need to think about what's going on right here right now oh lord and, then, and, and so Jesus is on the cross. It's now dark. It's now midnight at 3 p.m. When we was crucified, uh, there was darkness there. And sudden darkness tells us that something entirely new uh, was happening. You see, up to this point, it has all been about physical suffering. The scorning, uh, the nailing of the cross, uh, the mocking, uh, 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 all at the hands of men. Now Jesus was entering into the heart of his uh, atoning work uh, uh, right here as the sin bearer now Christ is about to do something 
different, something new. He's now leaving uh, the courtyard uh, and he's about to step off uh, into the holy place. Uh, you see, they still stuck on courtyard thinking. Uh, some of us still have courtyard mentality. That's why we can't get past the repentance uh, to get to the forgiveness uh, which is inside of the holy place uh, because we still trapped on repentance. We don't want to let go of stuff. Uh, we don't want to give up stuff. Uh, we still trapped in the courtyard uh, and Jesus is trying to move uh, deeper into ministry. He's trying to get deeper into the holy place uh, but we still locked and loaded um, on how I always done it um, and how I always been doing it. Uh, but this ain't how the last pastor did it. Uh, but I just want to help somebody out right now. Can I help you out right here right now? That Jesus is moving uh, from the courtyard uh, to the holy place and I urge you my brothers and sisters to do likewise uh, to take your seat uh, where Jesus is uh, to walk as he walk uh, talk as he talked uh, live as he lived do as he do uh, it's not about you uh, but it's about a soon coming savior and his name uh, is Jesus king of kings uh, lord of lord alpha the omega the beginning and the end he is the one that woke us up he's the one that started us on our way uh, and if it wasn't for him uh, none of us would be here right now so I ought to give God a praise right there can I just give God a praise break right there can I just magnify my God right there can I just talk to my God right there and just thank him uh, for being a sacrifice thank him uh, for being a sin bearer thank you Jesus for not coming off the cross uh, no matter what they said about you no matter how they scorned you no matter how they talked about you but you did it for me uh, you did it because you saw me you did it because of your love for me and I just thank you Jesus thank you for what you've done thank you for what you've done oh yes oh yes Jesus, Jesus is bearing sin right now. Oh, I'm going to get to the scapegoat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You understand where we're at right now, don't you? You, 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 you do know where we're at right now, right? Uh, uh, Jesus is bearing on these sins. Jesus bore our sins on the cross. You see, he himself bore our sins in his body on that tree. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So Christ bore our sins on the cross. But not only that, but Christ bore the punishment of our sins on the cross. A punishment that brought us peace was upon him. The Bible says that God presented him, Jesus, as an atoning sacrifice. The punishment that was due us, God bore it. The troubles that was due us, Jesus bore it. Jesus endured the punishment of sin on the cross that means he endured hell on the cross because that is the punishment for sin he endured hell for you and me oh yes he did can I talk about it just a little bit more uh, Christ bore the punishment of our sin but he also Christ was completely alone in his suffering on the cross you see the disciples had forsaken him now Jesus enters into an even deeper isolation he is forsaken by God uh, he's forsaken by men he's forsaken by his best friends he's forsaken he's left all alone he's looking to the left and although there were thieves on the left and on the right uh, there was nobody that he could talk to nobody that he could look to uh, where he can find comfort a familiar face uh, a friendly face uh, I don't know if you ever been in a situation where you are all by yourself uh, and you were just looking up uh, for somebody friendly somebody that you can relate to somebody that would be able to just understand even if you couldn't talk to him uh, just to be able to look across the room uh, and see a familiar face uh, to see someone that looked like him someone that believes someone what you believe uh, Jesus was alone uh, all by himself uh, on that cross uh, bearing uh, uh, it all alone uh, to suffer for you and for me and so the comfort of the father's love were beyond the savior's reach 
All this time, Jesus was able to steal away and spend time with the Father. He was able to steal away in the midnight hours to be able to talk to his Father. But right here in the deepest moments of his ministry, right here in the thickets, right here when you thought that they, that God would have been right there with him. You see, when, 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 when everything was going somewhat okay, God was right there with him. When everything was going halfway right, God was there. But now Jesus is in a place, have you ever been there, where you look around and there is nobody there but you? Oh, I've been there. Been there, Jesus. The comfort of his father. He couldn't find it. The father did not cease to love him. Oh, yes, Jesus, Jesus was there. Uh, this is the reason why my father loves me as that I lay down my life. Uh, he would, the, how would the father then cease to love Jesus while he was in the act of laying down his life? So I want to make it clear that it wasn't God didn't love Jesus. It's not that God that don't love you because trouble shows up. It's not that God have a problem with you because things don't go your way up is that the fact that God is dissing you or that God has uh, is out to get you sometimes God have to allow uh, the cross to show up in your life because it is at the cross uh, where you begin to see another side of God is at the cross where sometimes uh, things get dark but yet God is right there watching you God is right there in the midst of your problems when the tears begin to flow up God is in the midst of it when the, when the uh, when, when your heart gets a little heavy oh help me holy ghost up when your heart gets a little heavy. God is right there in the midst of it. When it seems like all hell is breaking loose, I want you to understand and know that God has it all under control. It seems like the world is coming against you. It seems like problems are breaking all around you. But I just want to let you know something. That while it may be dark, while it may seem like it's midnight all around you, I just want to help you tonight. I want you to leave here knowing that God has not turned his back on you. That God has not forgotten gotten about you but that there are some things uh, that has to take place uh, that there are some things that have to unfold uh, in order for God to take you to the next level uh, because if God hadn't turned the lights off uh, if God hadn't left Jesus by himself uh, then Jesus would have been on the cross uh, all by himself uh, and Jesus would have died all alone uh, but God did not leave him to die all alone uh, so just because you don't seem just because you don't feel him uh, don't mean that God isn't there we got to learn how to trust God when we can't trace him. We got to learn how to believe him in the unbelievable moments. We have to learn how to trust him when trusts seem have fallen away. We have to learn how to depend on him when it seems like everything I lean on just breaks all around me. We got to learn how to let God be God and know how to just get out of the way and trust him in the midst of it all because God is there. God said I will never leave you and I will never forsake you that I'm right there in the thickest of. I know you're having troubles on your job I know you're having troubles in your home but I'm placing some things on my son I'm putting some things on my son that should be placed on you but if you just hold on just for a little while if you can just trust him just a little while longer then you will realize that all things work together for the good of them who love you who are called according to you who are called according to his purpose that all things work together for the good of them that God God has called God know exactly what you need in the midst of your troubles. And so the father didn't stop loving his son in these hours of darkness. But Christ is separated from his love. He is outside of it. The love that the son has enjoyed with the father for all eternity is now beyond his reach. Those still away moments. <laughs> hey, I don't sense you, God. I don't feel you, God. Uh, where are you, God? It seems like I see all the no hear all the noise and, and all the chatter and all the backlashes. But Father, I don't want to hear that. I just want to hear from you, God. Speak to me, Jesus. Speak to me right now. 
You see, to be our sin bearer, Christ received in himself the hell that our sins bring. He's the deepest mystery of the darkness of the cross. That's why I suggested that we need to start at the cross when we're talking about the goats and the transferring of sin. Because if you look at this outside of what Christ did on the cross, because Christ's ministry on the cross, stay with me, took place in the courtyard. Christ has now moved from the courtyard to the holy place. So try to take it in what's happening here. Because it goes to the heart of our faith. You see, when Christ becomes our sin bearer, he, he, he plunges into all the torment of hell. The father who loves him turns his face away and all the comfort of the father's love is beyond our savior's reach. In the depth of his agony, Jesus cries out, my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Why have you turned on me? Because while God was shutting the lights down on the children of Israel, on those Jews and, and, and those leaders, while God was shutting the lights out to get them to get their acts together, you have to understand that while on the cross, it wasn't the God Jesus that died. It was the humanity of God. It was the love of God, the humanity side. And his humanity couldn't wrap its mind around the fact that God was simply, my father, you simply, shut the lights off I'm calling on you I'm reaching out to you and this is how you treat me you shut the lights off Ha ha ha. And so here we are. Here we are. And so we understand that Jesus was going deep now. Uh, these words of Jesus opened four windows into, uh, into what was happening in those hours of darkness. My prayer for us tonight is that we look through these windows. Uh, we'll be changed by what we see. You see, the first window we understand when we look at Jesus on the cross and as it relates to the to the to the goats uh, uh, to the scapegoat i'm gonna stick with the scapegoat right now as it relates to jesus and the scapegoat you see what we see uh, is that we see what sin and we learn uh, to hate it you see, when you look at Jesus on the cross, uh, and as we talk about this, and we understand that when we see Jesus on the cross, it ought to cause us now to look at sin uh, and ought to cause us now to hate sin. And not even want it around us. Letting go of sin. I get it. It's hard because something in it attracts us. Repentance is difficult because part of us enjoy our sin. That's why I said it earlier that some of us, we're still trapped in the courtyard because it's in the courtyard where repentance takes place. We love it. We love it. We, we are, we are so trapped in it. We, we, we don't want to let it go. Uh, uh, we enjoy it. Sometimes even when confessing our sins, there's some desire to return to them. How can we learn to hate our sins so that we do not keep going back to them again and again? How can we get to the point where we really become changed? The law won't get our, get, won't get us there. We learned that today that the law cannot change you. The law is simply a reminder. The law simply shares with you just how messed up you are, but the law can't change you. It just simply shows you where you're at. God understand when we look at Jesus on the cross, we understand uh, that morality can tell you what sin is, but it cannot teach you to hate it. So how can I learn to hate sin so that I will never want to sin again? Well, it's very clear and it's very simple. You simply look to the cross. 
Because when you understand what Jesus went through, it ought to compel you now to get your act together. When you realize that he laid his life down and didn't have to. When you understand the torture that he went through, it ought to now cause you to want to just go the other way when somebody is talking about somebody. You don't even have to stick around and point out their faults. You simply show your allegiance to God by simply walking away because the truth of the matter is when we try to stick around and help we find ourselves talking also so the best thing to do when you find yourself in a sin situation is to go the opposite way the second window we need to see uh, uh, we see here with Jesus on the cross we see what hell is and we learn to flee it because when Christ bore our sins, when Christ bore our sins, uh, he entered into the judgment for our sins. You see, Christ endured all that hell is on the cross. He did all of that on the cross. The clearest revelation of hell is given at the cross. Hell has at least six dimensions and Christ experienced all of them on the cross. So, uh, let me just remind you of these briefly. Can I do that right quick? You see, first of all, he is the conscious suffering. He is in conscious suffering. So we see that when you inhale, you are suffering. He is in the blackest darkness uh, and hell is dark down there or over there. It's not up there. He is surrounded by demonic powers. He is bearing sin. He is under judgment. He is separated from the love of God. We see here that that right there is hell. Whenever you are separated from the love of God. But the hell of hell will be to know that there is a God of love. And that you could not have known him, his love. You could have known his love, but you chose not to accept him. My brothers and sisters, we understand that there is another window. We see here that this third window, uh, we see what love is and we learn to enjoy it. I know just by looking at the cross. Looking at the cross, you see that sounds like an incredible jump uh, uh, from hell to love. Uh, uh, but keep in mind that the mercy of God and the justice of God meet at the cross. One way to measure the love of God for you is by the price that was paid to redeem you. Here again, we are starting into the unfathomable mystery. What did this mean to the father to give up his dearly beloved son so that we, you and I, can be set free? What does it mean for him to give him up to hell on the cross? What did it mean to the Holy Son of God to give himself up and become the sin bearer shut out from the love of the Father? Sometimes there, I, I, I hear individuals uh, uh, say, uh, I know Jesus died uh, uh, for my sins, but I don't feel God loves me. Uh, I, 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 I know he died. But, but, but I don't feel his love. But, but what I want to say to you, my brothers and sisters, I'm just going to ask you real simply to just slow down. Uh, uh, because before he created the universe, God the Father had you in view and he planned for you in love. So God loves you. It may not feel like it at times. It may not seem like it at times. But the truth of the matter is God loves you. He was there for you, and you don't think that he loves you? He was right there uh, in, the, in the birthing room. You telling me he don't love you? He was right there with you when you was going through the, the most horrific experience of your life. He was right there with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was right there with you, and I want you to see this love and learn to enjoy it. You will never see it more clearly than the cross. As gruesome and as brutal as it is to look at a man on the cross bleeding and being beaten and being scorned. But yet you can find love because he's doing it for you. 
So God's righteous judge, judgment for sin, fell on Jesus. Uh, the, fourth, the fourth window, I want us to just move on through this. Uh, 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 the fourth window we understand is that in the darkness, our Savior says, my God, my God, why? Have you forsaken me? Just think about this. Uh, the father's love is at this moment beyond his reach. Uh, he has been shut out from it, and yet he says, my God, my God. These words show the greatest faith that ever was in this world. Uh, faith is believing the word of God, not because we see it to be true uh, or, or feel it to be true, but because God said it is true. So although I don't feel it, although I can't see it, simply because God said it, it makes it true. It validates it. I don't have to see it. I don't have to feel it. But God, I stand on your promises. I stand on the fact that you said that you would never leave me. I know God, it seemed like you left me all by myself. I know God, it seems like I'm on the island of Patmos uh, and it seems like all hell uh, is breaking loose, but you said you won't leave me. You said it, God, and I'm going to hold you to it. We see that on the cross. We see God's commitment. We see Jesus' commitment to the Father on the cross. So what am I saying? What am I saying? I'm saying that as Jesus laid his life down, for you and for me on the cross. And while we talk about God or Jesus being the scapegoat, well, let me help you out, my brothers and sisters. Jesus was my scapegoat. But whether we talk about the Satan being the scapegoat, let me just end with this right here. The Bible tells me that Jesus, uh, when we get to heaven, that there will be a great a reckoning, that Satan will receive his reward. So while we're here on earth, while the tabernacle on earth, while the priest in the sanctuary was representing what God had done throughout all of the sanctuary, I would hate to get to the backside of the sanctuary and now Satan shows up. Everything that took place in the sanctuary has a direct representation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But there will be a time when God will place the sins of the world on, on Satan's head himself. That's not our job to do that. That's not our place to do that. So while yes, it represents Satan, it also represents Christ. What Christ did on the cross can't be replaced. And while God himself, not no priest, not no man, not no woman, you don't have the power, you don't have the authority to place sin anywhere. You don't have the right to place sin anywhere. But it is Jesus that will place sin on Satan head. It would be Jesus uh, that would be the final de facto, the final determiner. So while he has the scapegoat uh, was a representation of Christ, uh, he himself will place the sins on Satan. So we don't have to go back and forth about who's right and who's wrong. See, this is the kind of stuff that separates folk. This is the kind of thinking that keep church folk at odds because we believe this and, and I believe that and, and that church over there is preaching heresy and that church over there is preaching something of, a, of another but, but the truth of the matter is the sanctuary God said listen I'm going to give you this sanctuary so that I can come and dwell amongst you so that I can show you how I will redeem you back to me I just want to talk to you, talk to you just for a few minutes and I'm going to get out of your way because when I look and think about the goodness of Jesus uh, and when I think about what he's done for me uh, my soul cries out hallelujah so while I thank God for taking the sins of the world uh, and placing them on himself uh, that's what he did for me uh, he took my sins uh, and he placed them on himself uh, and he died for those sins uh, in the courtyard uh, but now there will be a time uh, where Jesus will crack the sky uh, well he will step out of the most holy uh, and he will call the call uh, come on up just 
a little bit higher. Come, my people. You've been faithful over a few things. I want to show you something. In a thousand years, they're in that millennium. I'm going to take you through some things. I'm going to share some stuff with you. And I'm going to show you how I'm going to deal with the enemy. So I don't need you down here going back and forth over stuff that really don't matter. I don't need you getting caught up because the enemy in game is is to dethrone me. If you can just hold on just for a little while, then you will see. You will see that my way is true. You may not understand it. It may not make sense right now. It may not come to your mind right now. But if you can just hold on just for a little while, if you can just trust me just for a little while, if you can just seek my face and not get caught up and all of that stuff, if you can just hold on, can I hear you say hold on? Just hold on just a little while longer and it will all make sense. You can't understand it now. I've given you the B-I-B-L-E basic instructions before leaving earth and you still can't get it right. So there are some things I just gotta keep from you and I'll explain it to you and the earth may knew. So while Satan is waiting for a thousand years for his demise, God said I'll unfold it to you. Just hold on just a little while. Don't throw in the towel. Just keep the good fight. Just hold on my sister. Don't give in. Don't give out. Trust him. Believe him and everything will be alright. Everything. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. Oh, yeah. Everything will be all right. God will place the sins on Satan's head at the appointed time. God took on my sins. Everything that took place in the sanctuary pointed to him. But there will be a day of reckoning. There will be a day. We just have to be mindful not to lose our footing and not to allow stuff to shock us out of our seats and trust God. Hallelujah, Father God. Hey. Lord, you are amazing. Lord, you're so good to us. Ha, ha, ha. What are we going to do with you, Jesus? You're so wonderful to us. Danger seen and unseen, you protect us. We thank you for your message. We thank you for the sanctuary. And while, God, you have a plan for Satan, Lord, every time we get in a conversation about that rascal, we get caught up in something other than another. And we end up leaving the beaten path and get caught up in some old fool. But Lord, help us to stay connected to you. Help us to stay connected to you. Father, thank you so much for this privilege. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you so much for allowing us to experience you in a very real way. Forgive us again of our sins, we pray. In Jesus' name, let the people of God say amen. Can we put our hands together? Was that all right? Was that all right? God is good. And all the time. Listen, my family, this has been a blessing. It's been a privilege and it's been an honor. We can go another month if you want to. Hallelujah. <laughs> but we want to thank God for you and we bless you for being out tonight. If you have a desire to leave a gift, in the, we have our deacons in the back to receive your, your offering, your love gift, if you so choose. Again, we just want to encourage everyone. We thank you for online. If we're still rolling, we thank God for you. We thank God for you for being in the house. And I just ask that all of those that have made a decision within your hearts that we continue to pray one for another. Um, because it is our desire to be people prepared to receive Christ when he comes. Because he that shall come will come and he will not tarry. Thank you so much. God bless you and have a blessed rest of the evening.
Hey, 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 hey.